Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new month here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via the contact form on our website at I Love or you can leave a voice message using the anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh-uh. Don't touch that dial. There's excitement galore coming up in the next hour when you'll hear... Hello. During another exciting episode of Chicken Man. He's everywhere! He's everywhere! The most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. Fridays, we hope to say the secret word on You Bet Your Life. This episode originally aired on April 25th, 1951. Now, George, what is that secret word? Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is wall. W-A-L-L. Really? You bet your life. The more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present Groucho Marx in You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here he is, the one, the only... That's me, Groucho Marx! Here I am again with $1,500 for one of our couples tonight. Uh, Deacon Fenneman, who's first to try for the $1,500? Well, just before we went on the air, we asked if there were any young single people present tonight who'd like to get married someday if they found the right person. And here are the two selected from our studio audience, Miss Ruth Meston and Mr. Joe Anderson. Come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome, welcome, kids, for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Ruth uh, Meston, huh? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old are you, Ruth? I'm 21. 21, huh? Mm-hmm. You don't look it. You look like about 20 and a half, huh? <laughs> and uh, uh, Joe Anderson, is that right? That's right. Uh, how old are you, Joe? 29. 29? My uh, decrepit age. <laughs> Where are you from, Joe? I'm from Panther Creek, Idaho, just north of Sun Valley. Uh, you're not married, Joe? No. Oh, well, certainly I can't ask you how you met your wife, can I? <laughs> how did you meet your wife, Joe? <laughs> I haven't. What kind of work do you do, Joe? Well, I'm a guide, fishing and hunting guide. 
Oh, what kind of work do you do, uh, Ruth? Oh, I work in Woolworths, five and ten cent store. You're not married either, uh, No, I'm Ruth? not. No. Suppose if you found a nice, attractive fellow, you'd be interested in him? I surely would. Well, look no further. Get a load of this profile. <laughs> well, maybe I can wait a little while longer. <laughs> These women are all alike. I got the same answer from Grandma Moses. <laughs> How about Joe here? Would you say uh, he's a likely candidate? <clears throat> he looks very nice. You're in more of a hurry to get married now than you were a minute ago, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You women are all alike. You all prefer dashing young men. Fortunately, there are women who still prefer refined elderly men. <laughs> They're good qualities, too. They often have money. They're dignified. They sleep a lot during the day. And if you hide their eyeglasses, you always know where they are. <laughs> Joe, uh, would you like to get married? Oh, sure. Why? Well, they say you live longer. It just seems longer, Joe. <laughs> and you say you're a, a guide? What sort of work do you do, specifically? Well, I take parties, guests, and take them out on hunting trips and fishing trips. What, where do the, you do your guiding, Joe? Up in the primitive area of Idaho. Primitive area? Yes. How, just how primitive is it? Well, it's uh, seven million acres in the center of Idaho that doesn't have any roads through it. It's full of uh, great fishing and hunting. Joe, if there aren't any roads, how do you get around up there? Well, I practically live on a horse. I see. Ruth, how would you like to get married and live on a horse with you? <laughs> a nice three-room horse with that. <laughs> I'll get these two together, even if they loathe each other. <laughs> Joe, as a guide in the primitive area, what's the biggest thrill you ever had? Well, I think the first time I went down through the impassable canyon and the river of no return in a rubber boat. He sounds like Cucal, Fran, and Ollie. <laughs> Joe, I'm afraid you've spent too much time alone in the forest. What, what are you... <laughs> just, just what are you talking about? Well, the middle fork of the Salmon River is in the... Now, what kind of... Is that smoked salmon or is that... In no, the... fresh salmon. Oh. The salmon swim upstream? That's right. Well, how do they swim upstream in those little cans? I never... <laughs> well, tell me about this river of no return. Well, we... We take boat trips down through it, and the reason it's called the River of No Return is uh, because no one has ever made a return trip up the river. Well, then there must be millions of people up there, huh? <laughs> you take people up there, and that's the last you ever see it? Well, we take them down the river. We take them down the river, huh? They don't go back up. Now, Ruth, uh, uh, do you get a vacation on your job? Yes, once a year. I see. And, uh, Joe, what attractions does the primitive area have for honeymooners? Oh, Great hunting and fishing. Oh. Well, that sounds wonderful for a couple of newly married rainbow trout. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure to have you two on the program. And, Joe, if I ever want to go hunting, I'll drop into the five and ten and hunt for Ruth here. <laughs> now, in just one minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at the $1,500 question. But right now, I want you to pay attention to a matter of great importance. You know, friends, over the years, DeSoto has built a lot of really great cars. 
And this year's DeSoto is the greatest car DeSoto ever built. If you've had a ride in it, you know why. No other car, that's right, I said no other car, rides like a DeSoto. You relax in comfort on those chair-high seats, and you take even the roughest roads with ease. It's just like floating on air when you ride in the new DeSoto. And here's why. DeSoto has the sensational AuraFlow shock absorbers that really smooth out the worst bumps you can find. DeSoto has the famous cradled ride, where all passengers ride cradled comfortably between front and rear wheels. DeSoto has a whole host of wonderful new features that together give you the most wonderful ride it's ever been your pleasure to enjoy. That's why so many, many folks are saying, no other car rides like a DeSoto. Why not stop in and see it at your DeSoto Plymouth dealers? And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, the value jewel of the low-priced field. All right, now let's see how you make out in the quiz. George? Uh, Mr. Fenneman, would you mind explaining the rules? You bet as much of your $20 as you want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $1,500 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You select the stars of hit pictures of 1950. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you try? 15. One of our finest actors had the title role in Father of the Bride. What is his name? Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy is right. Well, you're off to a good start. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the 35 are you going to risk? 30. 30. $30. What great yeah. Broadway star played the title role in Serena de Bergerac? Oh, Jose Ferrer. Jose Ferrer. <laughs> you now have $65. Here's your third question. How much of the 65? 60. Okay, 60. $60. <laughs> Who starred in Harvey? Uh, James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is right. Really on your way, you have $125. It's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much is the $125? Okay, $125. You're going to bet it all? Sure. Joe, you may have to go back to Idaho on a salmon. (laughs) (laughs) What English actress starred opposite Stuart Granger in King Solomon's Mines? Deborah Kerr. Deborah Kerr! Thanks and good luck from the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Nacho, because this is uh, public school week, we invited some principals to the program tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Mr. Robert Purdy. His partner is a housewife from the studio audience, Mrs. Elizabeth Ramish. And here they are. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Welcome, kids, to your Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. Uh, let's see now. Mr. Purdy? You're, you're the principal, huh? Yes. Uh, where are you from? Uh, Carver Junior High School in Los Angeles. You were born right in Carver Junior High School? <laughs> were you afraid you'd be late for school? <laughs> no, my hometown is uh, Whitefish, Montana. Whitefish, Montana? <laughs> this show sounds like an aquarium tonight. <laughs> Well, where are you from, Mrs. Ramish? Oh, I come from Dresden, Germany. From Dresden, Germany? That's right. Oh, I used to live on the outskirts of Dresden, Germany. I was half Dresden, Germany. <laughs> uh, how long have you been away from Dresden? 
Oh, since 1923. And what sort of work does your husband do? He's a hairdresser. A hairdresser? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a German name, hairdresser. Huh? <laughs> That's possible. Well, how did you meet him? Did you pull the wool over his eyes? No, I didn't pull the wool over his eyes. I tell you, I was a, uh, I was in this country five days and took a job as a position as a nurse to two children. We spent our vacation in Lackawaxen, Delaware River. Where? In Lackawaxen, on the Delaware River. Oh. Well, we're back and... with the fish again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, of course, couldn't go out in the evening. I had to watch the children, so I used to sit on the fire escape. One evening, all of a sudden, something scared me to death. Um, <laughs> well, were you waiting for this? Or? No, I wasn't waiting for this. I was just sitting there, minding my own business, watching the stars and the moon. Something flew over the fence, and it looked very much like a rag. A rag flew over the fence? Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Was it the rag of the Hesperus, or just a... <laughs> Well, the rake had feet, and a young man stood before me, and he said, I beg your pardon. Of course, I didn't know what he was talking about, but anyway, he stood there kind of impressed, and he was holding the uh, back of his pants. <laughs> he had split them by getting, uh, being thrown over the fence. Oh, I see. You see, a, a he donkey... He split weeks, huh? Oh, no, a donkey kicked him over the fence. <laughs> No? You and the donkey got married? Is that <laughs> Well, let's talk about your school, Prince. Let's see. What was the name of the school you're principal of? Well, I'd better be careful with my grammar. I... Did, did I split my subjunctive? <laughs> uh, I, I do think you ended your sentence with a preposition, though. I did. How did that preposition ever sneak in? How would you do it, Principal? Well, uh, of, of which school are you principal? You're confused. I'm not principal of any school. <laughs> You are. At least that's the story you're spreading around. <laughs> and, Prince, I think you are spreading around, too. <laughs> now, let's get back to my question. Of which school are you the principal of? <laughs> Don't they nullify each other? Carver Junior High School. Now, tell me, Mr. Purdy, by the way, Mr. sounds so formal. Would you mind being called Bob? No, that's all right. Are you sure you don't mind being called Bob? Oh, no, I, I kind of like it. Attention, all pupils of Carver High. <laughs> Next time you get sent down to see the principal, remember, he wants you to call him Bob. <laughs> now, Mr. Purdy, which gives you the most trouble, students, teachers, or parents? <laughs> Answering that question would give me more trouble than anything I can think of. <laughs> You realize, of course, that you just split an infinitive. <laughs> I said you didn't expect that from you. Aren't well, you, a little, aren't you a little embarrassed? Yeah, well, I could say that that's becoming common English usage. Well, perhaps, Mr. Purdy, but on this show, we'd prefer that you didn't split your infinitive. <laughs> you see, we have many impressionable children listening, and you're setting an unforgivably poor example. I want you to stay after the program and write a hundred times on the blackboard, I am a Schlemiel. (laughs) (laughs) 
enlightening having a principal here. It's the first time we ever had any principals on this program. <laughs> and now you're going to play your bet you like. You're on your $20 and more than our other couples, and you'll get a crack at the $1,500 question. Mr. Fenneman is offstage to remind our listeners how much the first couple won. The girl from the 5 and 10 and the guide from Idaho won $250. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected North American rivers. You ought to be pretty good at this, Bob. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 will you bet? 15. Okay. 15. $15, huh? What is the name of the river that Mark Twain wrote about? Mississippi. Mississippi is right. Off with a good start. You have $35. Remember, you're going for $1,500 tonight. Now, how much of the 35 are you going to try? 30. He says 30. $30. What is the name of the Alaskan River that served as a highway for the gold miners? Yukon. Yukon is right. <laughs> now, you climb to $65. How much will you bet? You have 60 to $65. Okay. Here's she says 60. What is the name of the river that separates the United States from Mexico? Rio Grande. Rio Grande is correct. Now you're trying to $125. Hey, they must really teach you something in that school you go to. <laughs> she said $120. Mrs. Ramish, if you don't let go of him, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell that raggedy husband on you. <laughs> All right, here we go. $120. Boulder Dam forms Lake Mead, the largest man-made lake in the world. What is the name of the river that supplies the water to this lake? Colorado River. The Colorado River is right. <laughs> and you'll wind up with $245. Thanks from the Soda Plymouth dealer. <laughs> well, Groucho, uh, we invited some uh, girls who work for the telephone company to our program tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Miss Gretchen Adams. Her uh, partner is a man who answered our newspaper advertisement for people with unusual stories to tell. He's Mr. Al Jennings. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Well, howdy do and welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you'll find around the house. You work for the telephone company, Miss uh, Adam? Yes. Where are you from, uh, Gretchen? Santa Monica. And how old are you? 24. 24. Well, you don't look it. You look like 23 and a half. <laughs> Mr. Al Jennings, uh, uh, when were you born? I arrived in the middle of the Civil War. You mean you were shot out of a cannon? <laughs> you're, not, uh, you're not General Grant, are you? No, I'm Stonewall Jackson. Oh, okay. <laughs> How, how old are you, Mr. Jennings? Eighty-seven years. You said you don't look it. I thought you were about twenty-three and a half. Apparently, you've taken very good care of yourself. Yes, I've only been shot seven times. You've been shot seven times? I have shot once in a while. Well, that makes fourteen times. Where are you from, Al? I was born in Virginia. Oh, you're a son of Dixie, eh? Yes, sir. Well, the next time you see Dixie, tell her one of her old beaux was asking about her. <laughs> Mr. Jennings, uh, you were chosen because you have an unusual story to tell us. Uh, just what is your occupation? Train robber. <laughs> What's unusual about that? Some of my best friends. <laughs> you're a train robber? You're not serious, are you? Really a train robber? One of the best. Al, I don't want to seem nosy, but are you still robbing trains? 
No, I retired. Did the trains get too fast for you? The law. By the way, that doesn't happen to be a reward out for you, does it? At one time, there was $15,000 on my head. That's certainly a curious place to keep $15,000. Somebody might have stolen it. There are a lot of crooks around, you know, Al. Come to think of it, Al, your face does look familiar. Haven't I seen it hanging in the post office? Not for 47 years. Well, that shows you how often I go to the post office. <laughs> well, let's change the conversation to a comparatively honest subject like the phone company. <laughs> Where do you work, Gretch? Associated Telephone Company, Westwood. You work in Westwood mm-hmm. for the Associated Telephone Company? Yeah. Is that part of the Bell system? No, we're independent. Independent. What phone company isn't? <laughs> Have you tried to get your bill chopped down lately? What do you do for this outfit? Oh, we take new service and complaints and change of service. I heard the phone company was broke. Somebody told me it was in the hands of the receiver. Is that right? <laughs> Al, uh, let's hear your story. Uh, why, do you, why did you start robbing trains? Well, it's easier than robbing banks. <laughs> Ask a crooked question, you get a crooked answer. Let's put it this way. What made you decide to become an outlaw? They murdered my brother. They murdered your brother? Yes, they shot him in the back. What line of work were you doing uh, before you were a, a bank robber? I just served as county attorney of Canadian County, Oklahoma. Oh, you were a lawyer, too. Yes, right? sir. And that's why you decided to become a bandit? You wanted to go straight? Is <laughs> Well, what was your biggest holdup? About $75,000. And how did that happen? Well, I had an inside information, and the money was there. From who? An honest citizen. <laughs> well, how did they finally catch you? Did you uh, forget to file an income tax return? No, I was betrayed... Shut up quite a bit. Well, who betrayed you? This fellow who had tipped you off? A horse thief that uh, we used to stay with the kitchen. You ran around with a fine gang. <laughs> now, what did they do to you after they caught you? Did they, did they hang you? No, they sent me up for the period of my natural life and five years besides. <laughs> and uh, how long did you save? Three years and four months. And I was commuted by McKinley through Mark Hanna. And then I was rearrested and taken to Leavenworth for five years more. And I beat that out on rid of habeas scrapers. Habeas corpus. I don't mind. Habeas scrapers is all. <laughs> well, you got off pretty easy, didn't you? Oh, fairly. Why was that? Why did you get off with such a light sentence? Why did McKinley... Well, uh... You see, I met a good many friends in the penitentiaries. Uh, men of distinction, burglars and pickpockets. <laughs> And bankers and lawyers and businessmen, they had all representatives there. Didn't you hate to get out of there and leave all these fine fellows? No, I really got weary of it. It's too much the same thing. There was too much stealing on the inside. And I wasn't getting my cut. Now, what happened? Then I got a pardon from Theodore Roosevelt. 
You went and threw all the presidents, didn't you? He gave me a full and free pardon. Well, Al, it's been very entertaining talking to you two, and, Al, I may call on you one of these days. I can't crack open my daughter's piggy bank. So I'll give you a buzz one day on Gretchen's telephone. Now, let's see how you two are going to make out the battle for the $1,500. You run your 20 bucks into more than our other couples. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is going to remind our listeners. The girl from the 5 and 10 and the guide from Idaho are still leading with $250. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected nicknames of states. Here's your first question. How much of the $20 are you going to risk? No, $15. $15. What state is known as the Hawkeye State? Ohio. One answer between you now. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No, I'm sorry. It's Iowa. And you must have robbed trains in Iowa. You should have known that. Remember, you're going for fifteen hundred dollars tonight. Now, how much of the five? They have five. They have five dollars. How much of the five dollars you're going to bet on your second question? Bet bet two and a half. (laughs) Betting two and a half. Here's a man who once had fifteen thousand dollars on his head. What state is known as the Wolverine State? Michigan is right, Al. You got in just under the wire. <laughs> you now have $7.50. Here's your third question. How much of the seven fifty are you going to try? Five. $5. What state is known as the Sooner State? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> well, you're on the way again. You have $12.50. You're climbing, Al. Is your last chance to beat the other couples? How much of the 12 and a half are you going to go for? All of it. All of it. Okay. What state is known as the Cornhusker State? Talk it over. It's over. Well, I'm sorry. It's Nebraska. But we can't let you go uh, away from here flat broke, Al. Have you got anything on you? Place <laughs> I want to frisk you. Huh? <laughs> All right, we can't have anybody going away broke. I'll give you one more question, get it right, and you will win $10. Now, no help from the audience now. You ready? From what state do we get Washington apples? <laughs> Washington is right. <laughs> Thanks and good luck from the Minnesota Plymouth dealers. And Groucho, that means that the girl from the 5 and 10 and the hunting guide with $250 get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. In just one minute, I'll ask the question, but first, here's something of interest to everyone. It's nice to look ahead to a summer of pleasant driving, but let's look back a moment, back to winter and cold weather. Those wintry days of freezing cold and rough driving conditions were a lot harder on your car than you may realize. So now that warmer weather is here again, it's important that you get the expert attention your car needs to put it in shape for summer driving. The place to take it is a DeSoto Plymouth dealers. Here, factory-trained mechanics will give your car a thorough inspection. They'll check the entire electrical system and the chassis, including steering and brakes, and do whatever is necessary to get your car ready for summer driving. They'll tune the engine. They'll see to it that your radiator is drained and flushed and the right oil is put in the engine. Yes, these DeSoto Plymouth dealer mechanics will do all the things that should be done to put your car in shape for thousands of miles of trouble-free, economical operation. 
Well, not only that, at a DeSoto Plymouth dealer's, the service is prompt. The price is fair. So take your car for a spring tune-up tomorrow. Stop in where you see the familiar sign of better service. The sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer. And here's the girls from the 5 and 10, and the hunting guide, the winning couple, all ready for the DeSoto Plymouth $1,500 question. All right, here come those experts on the salmon fishing, and this will give you a chance to make a round trip on that river up there if you win all this money. For $1,500, I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully, and please no help from the audience. Here it is. On August 7, 1782, General George Washington authorized what is now our oldest military decoration. It was originally called the Badge of Military Merit. What is this military medal? What is the answer you two have decided upon? The Purple Heart. The Purple Heart is right. That's right. You win $1,500. You had the right answer, so you win $1,500 and... What else did they win, George? 250 in the quiz. That's $1,750. So what are you going to do with all that money? <laughs> Don't tell me you're not going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go back to Idaho and tend to my own business, and maybe she'd like to come along. <laughs> well, you really cleaned up tonight. Congratulations from the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. You bet your life. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for the Groucho Marx Show, when the big question will be worth $1,000. And don't miss Groucho's television show, also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember... Just be sure to visit your DeSoto Plymouth dealer. Folks, strike back at cancer. Give generously to the American Cancer Society's 1951 crusade. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. As you'll certainly recall, the wonderful white-winged warrior has clashed head-on with the very diabolical. Yes, and as a result of this dramatic encounter, the famed feathered fighter finds himself hung up over a bowl of oatmeal with lobs in it. A very diabolical. However, all is not lost. Not yet. For suddenly, a tiny utility telephone comes alive inside the feathered fighter's beak. What a time for my beak to start ringing. Hello, this is the winged warrior. Benton, is that you? Yes. Are you sure? Who else would answer my beak? It certainly doesn't sound like you. That's because I'm hanging from the ceiling, Mother. Oh, Benton, you're such a little boy. I'm hanging upside down, Mother. What am I going to do with you? You're going to get me down. That's what you're going to do. I really shouldn't even help you. Mother, sometimes I wonder whose side you're on. How did you get there in the first place? The very diabolical hung me up Now, here. don't blame it on other people, Benton Harbor. Mother. I don't like to hear that kind of thing. Would you... How... Now, just get down from there and come home. I can't get down and come home. My feet are well, tied up. Well, just hang up your beak and untie them. Mother. What? You've never really liked me, have you? Now, Benton. I've sensed it for a long time All now. right, we'll work this out together. It's the little things that happen all the time. How do, what do you have directly to your left? A window, like the time you made me wear my short pants to graduation. And what do you have to your right? Another window, then the time you wouldn't let me go pick strawberries with the other kids. And what's directly below you? A bowl of oatmeal with lumps in it. A bowl of oatmeal with lumps in it. That's another thing. Well, I suppose there's only one thing to do. You've always known how much I hated oatmeal with lumps can in it. Can you reach your utility belt, Benton? Yes, I can. And yet every single morning for breakfast. It's oatmeal with lumps in it. And I really mean big open lumps. Open your utility belt, Benton. It's open, it's open. Now find a big spoon. I have it. Now can you reach the oatmeal? If you could see the lumps in this oatmeal. Lumps are good for you. Mother, isn't there some other way to get out of this? Benton, eat that oatmeal. Wow. Chicken man continues to hang over a bowl of oatmeal with lumps in it. Boy, what a hangover. But one thing's for sure. If the very diabolical can put him up, the maternal marauder can put him down. Be listening tomorrow for another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Wow. Only $5 separating the first two teams. But the real interesting guess was the last one, Al Jennings, who was not only a lawyer, but a train robber as well. He is also an author of two books and worked in nine silent films as either an actor or a technical advisor. William Sidney Porter, better known as O. Henry, published a short story called Holding Up a Train that was inspired by Jennings' career. 
1904, he received a presidential pardon by Theodore Roosevelt. And Jennings would live another 10 years after this episode aired, dying on December 26, 1961, at the age of 98. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our host, Anchor.fm. You can listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and to find the best location that suits you. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. The Shadow returns on Monday, and Grouch will be back next Friday for some more You Bet Your Life. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.